Are you listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other platform where you can leave a rate or review? Do you like what we're doing? If the answer to all of that is yes, please consider quickly giving us a five-star rate. And if you wouldn't mind leaving us a nice review, we greatly appreciate that as well. Okay, let's do this. Welcome to the Ghosts of Harrenhal. My name is Simon. And I'm McKelly. Thank you for joining us for episode 14 of our chapter-by-chapter book review of A Song of Ice and Fire series by George Martin. Today we're discussing chapter 13 of A Game of Thrones, Tyrion 2. You know the drill by now. We'll chat about the chapter and try not to spoil any future plot points for you and hopefully provide you with some entertainment along the way. We'll summarize what's happened, discuss our thoughts, provide some useful background, compare it to the TV show, indulge in a little pedantry, and cover whatever reader mail we've got. Be sure to check out the show notes. They provide some additional information about the characters and other things of note about the chapter. And if you wouldn't mind taking the time to go out and leave us a review on iTunes or at podchaser.com, that would be fantastic. It helps us get the word out and grow our listener base. Yeah, particularly if you like what we're doing. Right, yes. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Not too bad. All right. I got a good story for you. Okay, good. Okay. I, I've heard rumor. Yeah, I've been telling it to everyone, but I haven't been telling it to McKelly. So <laughs> you, you get his spontaneous reaction. I've intentionally this. been avoiding hearing mm-hmm. this story. So, this is—it's a story that involves a public school. So I need to be a little bit careful. I'm going to change some names and, right. and uh, to protect to protect the innocent. Yeah. <laughs> so um, my wife works at a local elementary school, and she she's not directly involved in this story, but she heard enough of it to give me the the full rundown. It's it's really good. So. It's a kindergarten class, little kids, and they have a teacher and two TAs, and then they don't have that many kids in this class. It's a small class. I think there's some kids with special needs, so it's, it's quite small. The classroom has doors that lead out directly to the playground. All right. So they go out for playtime, and they're playing outside, and then they come back in, and then they start the next activity. And they've been doing the next activity for like 10 minutes when there's a knock at the door, and the three adults all look at each other like, <laughs> what the... And they open the door, and two little boys say, should we come in now? <laughs> <laughs> they were left out in the cold. <laughs> so, yeah, it's not been very warm here recently, so these two kids. <laughs> and, of course, the three adults are like, yes, you should come in here, and they sort of pull him in. The kids are fine, you know, I mean, there's no harm. But, I mean, obviously, the, the adults are, like, mortified about what they've <laughs> right. done, you know. They're like, oh. And they're all like, well, okay, we don't need to tell anyone, because no, no harm's befallen, but... <laughs> Head count might have been a good idea. Yes. <laughs> but coincidentally, one of the mothers of the two boys involved happens to be coming in that day to read to the class. And while she's reading to the class, she says, what happened to Johnny's trousers? <laughs> and the teacher was like, they appear to be there on Johnny's legs. And she said, they're not his trousers. <laughs> but coincidentally, that little boy over there is wearing his trousers. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently they took the opportunity while <laughs> locked outside of the call to switch pants. <laughs> how does that how does that conversation go out there? I don't know. I, I love the thought that there's there's two ways it went. One was sort of like the strategic. We've been planning this for years. Finally, <laughs> we've got a chance. And then there's the other like, I'm gonna switch pants. <laughs> Yeah, sure. <laughs> Got nothing else to do. Let's switch pants. So, so I'm thinking that maybe they were already off hiding to do that, which is how they got missed on the sort of like <laughs> bringing them back. But, oh, but it, of course, 
the, they, the, the adults in the room dissemble again. They're like, oh, we let them go to the bathroom. Some of the kids we take to the bathroom, but we let them go by themselves. They must have... Again, nobody's hurt. Right. So lying to the mother is probably for the best here. But obviously they're, <laughs> they're mortified that this happened. But one of the other things that, that cracked me up, I heard that one of the TAs said to the other two, I really need this paycheck, so you two zip it. <laughs> <laughs> the last part of it is one of the TAs is like two days later is sitting at breakfast with these kids and she says to one of the boys involved Johnny I'm calling him Johnny I have no idea what his name was Johnny you must keep your clothes on at all times and she's whispering this in the kids ear there's no way anyone else can hear it but little girl next to her let's call her Hermione because it seems like an appropriate name for this little girl says well maybe you shouldn't leave him locked outside <laughs> Not bad <laughs> So now I've got this sort of idea that this TA is now in the Jamie Lannister situation. <laughs> the story is good. Everything's clear. Nobody's, everyone's on the same page. Nothing happened here. But one little kid knows everything and needs to be silenced. Yeah. Oh. He's going to do bribery all year long. Uh, but I think the two little boys are completely unaware. I think they're like, little Hermione there. Yes, she, right. she needs to be stopped. <laughs> Uh, oh man! So yeah, That's good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. So let's get down to business with a quick recap of what Tyrion was up to previously. We last saw Tyrion at the breakfast with his family soon after Bran's fall. He just smacked Joffrey around for being disrespectful to the Starks. He sat with Jamie, Cersei, and Cersei's other kids at breakfast when he informed them that Bran might live. He caught an interesting glance between his siblings at that news. He then informed them that he was going to Castle Black instead of returning to King's Landing with them. McKelly, why don't you give us a summary of what happened in this one? Will do. So true to his word, Tyrion is making his way to Castle Black, as he told his siblings he was going to do. He's in the company of Benjen Stark and Jon Snow. Benjen seems to share his brother Ned's dislike for the Lannisters, as he is none too happy about Tyrion coming with them. Tyrion is discovering just how cold, harsh, and unpopulated the North is, as once they enter the Wolf's Woods, there are no more inns or holdfasts to sleep in. They meet up with another brother of the Night's Watch, Yorin, who Tyrion describes as stooped, sinister-looking, and having a sour smell. So, there's that. Yorin has two boys with him from the fingers that he refers to as rapers. Tyrion notices Jon watching these newcomers with dismay. On their 18th night out of Winterfell, Tyrion is reading a book on dragons. He ruminates on the famous battle an ancestor of his named King Loren of the Rock was in 300 years ago, where Aegon the Conqueror and his sister wives set the battlefield ablaze on their three dragons. The battle came to be known as the Field of Fire, John appears and asks Tyrion why he reads so much. Tyrion explains that his brain is his weapon and it needs books to keep it sharp. Their conversation then hits home for John as Tyrion sarcastically speculates that Caitlin has treated John like one of her own. Tyrion then piles on by pointing out that he knows that John is starting to realize that the Night's Watch is full of the dregs of society. He feels bad for being so harsh to the boy and moves toward him to apologize, but Ghost comes out of nowhere and tackles Tyrion. Ghost then stands silently between them, staring menacingly at Tyrion. Jon eventually helps him up, and they make up a little bit, and then they walk back to camp together. Yeah, it reminds me of the uh, Bill Hicks joke 
He's in a waffle house in the middle of nowhere reading. That's right. And the waitress says, what are you reading for? <laughs> <laughs> and his response is, so I don't end up working in a waffle house in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I've heard, what are you reading? <laughs> what are you reading for? Okay. So, so in John 2, we mentioned how far Castle Black is from Winterfell, and Tyrion is discovering that firsthand. We didn't mention how cold the ride would be. No. <laughs> the journey. We, we took that as rare. Yeah. <laughs> Preempting the TV show comparison, um, they, this journey all happens in the space of like a quarter of an episode. Oh. So you miss out on that in the, in the TV show. You don't realize how far it is. Although I did notice watching it again when minor spoiler they reach the wall they look a lot more bedraggled okay. than they did at the start yeah. so there is a sort of sense that they uh, it took a while they were on the road for a while yeah. there's basically two primary threads in my opinion in this chapter and the first one is John's dawning realization that the Night's Watch ain't all it's cracked up to be yeah yeah Tyrion notices John watching the new recruits yeah. and uh <laughs> I mean, Yorin himself is not very inspiring. No. His description of Yorin, uh, aside from the things that I just mentioned, he also mentions his greasy hair full of lice and his ragged, unwashed clothes, which, I mean, yeah. I guess I could I could have guessed about the unwashed clothes part. Presumably, yeah. yeah. The uh, greasy hair full of lice, uh, yeah. you know, that's... Yeah, well, when the, when the two rapists <laughs> seem clean cut, <laughs> by comparison, right. that's not a good yeah. sign. They said that the rapers were given the choice between castration and the wall, so yes. clean cut was perhaps not the right choice of word there. <laughs> Although Tyrion mentions, he describes the boys um, as not much better than Yorin. He said they smell worse and are as stupid as they are cruel. Yeah. So all in all, he's not painting a, a great picture of uh, what life is going to be yeah. like and then and then fundamentally he points to the to the the real stupidity of the whole enterprise which yes. is that what are they defending the, the seven kingdoms against yes they we, already, yeah, already we, have the wall we've talked about that uh, when uh, robert decided not to go north to see the wall and instead turn back and your thought was well he's from king's landing he probably wonders what the heck they're doing up there anyway yeah, yeah. Tyrion paints a really kind of awful picture of uh, life for John. He refers to the members of the Night's Watch as peasants, debtors, poachers, rapers, thieves, and bastards. So, yes. you know. And then says they're all watching for the Grumpkins and yeah. Snarks, which is... But, you know, I had a thought, because you uh, you mentioned, I think it was... Oh, it was during John, too, that Jamie, when, when John goes to get a needle from mm-hmm. Micken... He runs into Jamie, and Jamie basically says the same things that Tyrion just said, right? Yeah. On the TV show, sorry. Yes, yes. In the TV show, Jamie basically has the same conversation. Yeah. So I guess in the TV show, they just thought, you know, Jamie's already pushed a little boy out a window, so let's just make him be the complete jerk and have yeah. him say this too, and we'll <laughs> Although, save Tyrion's reputation. I suppose you could point to the fact that they were raised together and so probably heard the same scary stories from their right. nannies, you know? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. There's clearly a reason why the Night's Watch is an alternative to uh, prison or death. It's uh, not exactly a club med, it yeah. seems like. I think I might open box three. <laughs> <laughs> well, for bo- box three for those boys is castration. So Isn't that box two? I was thinking the wall or castration or please, anything. <laughs> What's the third? There's got to be a third. 
Uh, yeah, and as we 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 pointed this out all along, if we were talking to John, we'd have, we'd have talked him out of this because we saw this coming. Yeah. This was not going to be the great life he was expecting it to be. Yes, uh, basically you're dealing with 14 year old boys' fantasy yeah. versus reality. Yeah, hopefully Benjamin might be able to make it better for him, but right, he's yeah. Benjamin seems like sort of like a more dour version of Ned, you know, <laughs> Ned, Ned minus the public displays of affection. <laughs> so. I'm yeah. not sure that's going to work out so much. Although, you know, in the prologue, we had Sir Waymar Royce, who was a, he's a bit of a jerk, but he's of noble blood. So there's got to be some other members of noble society represented, or at least some good guys. Will and uh, Garrett from the prologue both seem like all right guys. So Yeah, you know. I, I, it's interesting. I, I mean, there seems to be a sense that all hierarchies are removed when you get to the wall. But yeah, right. Theoretically, yeah, that's very much a theoretical. It seems like probably the lords and bastard sons of lords would be treated differently than the rapists. You think? You think? You know, maybe there'd be a little cliques, yeah, yeah, groups. Yeah. So Tyrion's reading a book on dragons and admits to John that he daydreamed about them when he was young. Yeah, um, I can understand that. You know, being that he's so especially as a child, so small and weak. And uh, you could imagine fantasizing about having something that's so strong and invulnerable as a dragon. Yeah. And then John slightly mocks him for it, but Tyrion comes straight back with, well, you know, but of course it was so sweet for you to be treated so well by your family this whole time. <laughs> yeah. That's when Tyrion, <laughs> he said he used to go down in the depths of uh, Casterly Rock and light a fire and imagine it being dragon's fire and his family burning in it. John's like, what? (laughs) Tyrion's like, oh yeah, because I'm sure Lady Catelyn treats you just like one of your own. (laughs) And your father must love you so dearly to send you off to the Night's Watch. Yeah. And, you know, we've had plenty of conversations about John's um, treatment by Cat, so you certainly couldn't blame him if uh, a time or two he imagined her burning in the dragon fire i guess or at least something unpleasant happened. yeah so yeah maybe you didn't think you had to be a lannister i think to go for the whole <laughs> dragon fire thing it's interesting to me that Tyrion has first-hand knowledge that dragons really existed at some point right he's seen yeah. the skulls um to people that have not seen those skulls which would be 99 percent of the population they're they've been gone for 150 years apparently yeah, yeah. that would put them into the realms of mythological i would guess i mean yeah. i think a lot of people don't believe that they ever existed at this point right that the stories of yore were just stories i guess it would only go back to robert's reign because Ares had those skulls on display in the throne. yeah on display still who, the... go, who gets in the throne right you know it's still yeah they're very, they're very small uh, yeah. select few yeah, I guess I, that's, in, that's an interesting thought, actually, that the Targaryens kept the skulls to remind them that they were the dragon people. Right. You know? But it becomes more and more hollow with time. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to sort of eight generations without any dragons. Yeah. Tyrion mentions something interesting that we had talked uh, during John 2 about why Rob and John were uh, didn't have a sibling rivalry, despite the fact that they're basically of the same age. They were mm-hmm. raised together. They're both boys. They're both seem to be good at fighting and stuff. But Tyrion mentions uh, that Rob was so good to you because he is a future Lord of Winterfell, and you are nothing basically. Yeah. Which we never really uh, thought about is why they why Rob sees him as no threat because he is no threat. You know, there's no yeah. reason for a sibling rivalry. But I then guess. compare that to Cat's treatment of John. I mean. 
perhaps Rob's just not seeing the possibility of the threat. Could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That could be it too. There's a cool paragraph where Tyrion explains how his mind is like Jamie's sword or Robert's warhammer. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, his body might not be useful in the ways that those guys are, but uh, his intellect can be more powerful than Jamie's sword. Right, yeah. You can rule an empire with a great mind, but you can only do so much with a great sword hand. Yeah. So. Pretty much you need both. I'm yeah, sure. it doesn't hurt. But yeah. if you've got the great mind, you, you can get, get the sword. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and similarly, if you're really good with the sword, you can attract some great minds around <laughs> that's you. True, that's yeah. true. That seems to be Robert's way of working. <laughs> you know? Good it, point. It doesn't seem like a great thing. Although he's got a good Warhammer hand, apparently. But like I said, two primary threads in this chapter, the first one being John realizing, oh boy, what have I done? And the other Tyrion thinking back about uh, the dragons in the Field of Fire and uh, all that stuff. So you had mentioned just a minute ago about Tyrion having first-hand knowledge of dragons. He saw them when he went to uh, King's Landing for Cersei's wedding to Robert, and he went down into the cellars and eventually came across the dragons. Or... Nope, he didn't come across the dragons. No, well, he did. He came across the dragon's skulls. Yeah. <laughs> Although that would be intimidating, much less intimidating than coming yeah, across true. the dragons. Yeah. I had to choose. And he said, you know, he expected to find them fascinating. He did not expect to find them beautiful. He said they were completely black due to the iron in the bone. Interesting. And he mentioned the, how much they range in size and that Balerian skull. Oh, we get to talk about the Balerian today. Valerian skull was so large it could swallow a mammoth whole. I mean, that's... It's a big old beast. Uh, yeah, that's big. So he references a battle known as the Field of Fire, and that was pretty much the last resistance of Aegon I conquering of Westeros. So so Valerian is contemporaneous with Aegon I. He was, that, that was his, his, his dragon. dragon, yes. Right. He, I have a lot more info in the background about right. Valerian, but yes, he was Aegon I's dragon. McKelly is the team dragon expert <laughs> I do mention I do a little have a bit more information about Aegon as well but he had two sister wives his older sister Visenya and his younger sister Rhaenys and they each had very large dragons as well uh, Rhaenys dragon was named Meraxes and so he's adding polygamy to the whole incestual <laughs> marriage <That's right>. wow. <laughs> Visenya's dragon was named Vagar you can imagine how easy it would have been for them. There's no doubt why the Targaryens are on the throne like they are. Because, Those three dragons? I mean, yeah. yeah. They, they're only used at the same time in this field of fire that Tyrion mentions in this chapter. And that was basically just for a show of force. I mean, Balerion mm. could have... Any three of them could have handled the job on their own. So it's just, um, you know, like, no doubt. They're basically adults playing kids' game. At that point. A little bit like uh, dropping the atomic bomb. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you didn't need to drop two. You could have dropped it in an empty field. Right. But you're sending a message. Yeah. I'm willing to use it. You need to stop. Yeah. Yeah. So he mentions about King Lauren of the Rock. He bent the knee to Aegon and became Warden of the West. That's how the Lannisters ended up being Warden of the West. And an interesting thing about the Field of Fire is that the swords of those burned by the dragon fire during that battle are the swords that make up the Iron Throne. Oh, interesting. It's rumored that it was Balerion's fire that was used to meld the 
swords into the throne. So now I'm, I'm trying to picture this now. So they they picked up all the swords after the battle. They yeah. took them back, and then Balerion, fresh from having just <laughs> devastated everyone, is forced into sort of menial duty right. of melting <laughs> these things down. We need you to be the blacksmith's uh, fire now. <laughs> sure, I want to be that blacksmith. <laughs> yeah, good point. There's there's really no vulnerability from the Targaryens to be overthrown. As yeah. long as they had those dragons. It wasn't until the dragons were gone they just became another family, basically. Yeah. Especially especially if the dragons were like you know, like an arms race, they were new to the arms race. I mean Right. If you've seen them in action and you know they exist, you could start to think about weapons to use against them. But if you're just coming out with your swords and your shields, and <laughs> suddenly someone comes with a dragon, you're like, "Ooh!" Yeah, wearing your wearing your uh, metal armor, you're basically just going to be stew inside that armor. <laughs> yeah. But Tyrion does allude to the dragon shrinking out and dying. Yeah. And that's there's a that's a lot of background story. I don't think we have time for, but. But but the skulls get smaller, basically, yes, with time, yes. right? And most of the dragons died during a Targaryen civil war known as the Dance of the Dragons, which is a very cool story. And in fact, it is the story that HBO has picked up oh, to be the new Game of Thrones story. It's very, it's in my opinion, it's the coolest story in all of uh, the history. I'm kind of worried there might be a lot of CGI. We'll be right back. Hello, friends. Are you ready to make some unforgettable memories? Well, if so, consider the Marriott Bonvoy program. Discover the perfect destination for your summer getaway and unlock exclusive deals on luxurious accommodations. With our affiliate partnership, you'll enjoy unbeatable savings and a seamless booking experience. Don't let summer slip away. Visit Marriott Bonvoy today and make this vacation season one for the books. Use our Ghosts of Heron Hall affiliate page to check it all out and buy Bonvoy points or give some as a gift. The link to our page is in the show notes. <laughs> you would think so. <laughs> you would think there'd be a big budget for that. But after the Dance of the Dragons, only one dragon egg hatched and she was very small and sickly. Right. There's it's a lot more. They build a dragon pit and dragons that are that lived in the dragon pit because it was kind of a captive situation never grew as large as the ones that could go where they pleased were they were they had they lost control of the dragons a little bit is that why they did that i mean because it feels like the one i would want to keep in a pit is Beleriand. he he was uh, a beast oddly he lived in the dragon pit but he was already so large by that point okay Voluntarily, he lived. Yes, (laughs) I imagine he lived wherever he wanted. Right, anything to do with them, voluntary. So yeah, there's. We'll talk more, I'm sure, about Aegon the Conqueror and Dance of the Dragons and Mm -hmm. dragons in general. But just wanted to get a little bit of over a little bit of info on them. So uh, back to the journey and the people on the journey. Benjen appears to not be a fan of the Lannisters. Maybe some of that is from his interactions with Ned. Ned obviously has some. We we learned last time that Ned had some access to grind with the Lannisters. Yes, the their lateness to the party for the rebellion, and also Jamie's both kingslaying and also then sitting on the Iron Throne. I think it was yeah. actually the second half of that. Yeah, and then also the what he sees as the murders of the Targaryen children, which he, I think he. He puts at the feet of the Targaryens. Sorry, I say Targaryens, but I mean, of course, to say Lannisters. Right. Yeah, those are definitely Ned's reasoning. So, yeah. you know, he's his brother. Maybe yeah. they've had conversations about this. Yeah, and they, they seem to be reasonably close, not not enemies in any way. 
Ned and well, Benjamin. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. He, you know, he called him down because Robert was coming. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess it just goes back to uh, Benjamin being a Stark. You know, they put high value on integrity and loyalty, and um, so on principle alone, he might have issues with the Lannisters, just like Ned does. Yeah, Benjamin at one point chivalrously uh, offers Tyrion his bearskin. Tyrion accepted, which yes. <laughs> Benjamin, I don't think, was expecting to happen. Uh, and Tyrion certainly knew that he was expected to decline. Uh, right. He, Tyrion notes that Starks value gallantry, whereas Lannisters value stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he actually says, Lannisters take what they're offered. Exactly. So Ghost, is uh, it, his name is very fitting. He is all white, like Casper the Friendly Ghost. <laughs> And that, it never that, makes a sound. That's a an American reference to oh. white sheeted ghost thing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So he never makes a sound either, which is, you know, uh, Tyrion mentions it being unsettling, and I could definitely see uh, th- that being unsettling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, even when animals, because they're, obviously they're out in the wilds, they can hear animals, but Ghost listens attentively, but he stays silent. Yeah. Yeah, they're, when they're in the wolf's wood, especially, there's ghosts howling all over, and he he notices but never makes a sound. Yeah, you missed that you made a mistake in that sentence. You said that there were ghosts howling all around, but they were wolves. <laughs> 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 but I like that. I think we should keep that in. <laughs> they can't know for a fact that they were wolves. They may have also been wolf ghosts. <laughs> right. Oh, man. It's been one of those days. Mm. So... Ghost is very unlike Bran's unnamed wolf, whereas he seems to never stop howling since Bran has been injured. So Yeah, although maybe Ghost would howl if something happened to him. Maybe, yes, given the... Uh, some background. The two rapists are from the Fingers, and that those are windswept peninsulae off the northeast coast of the Vale. They're at about the same latitude as Bravos that we talked about last week, just a stone's throw across the Narrow Sea, which I looked up is about 800 miles, so not that narrow. So the narrow sea is about eight hundred miles. Yeah, roughly, oh, okay. and it's fairly consistent. Actually, the the uh, one thing I like about the map actually is that it has, you know, how Africa and South America seem to fit together. Yeah, yeah. Because they broke apart. If you look at Essos and Westeros, they have uh, the same thing. Yeah. They were where Essos bulges. Uh, That's cool. Westeros. Yeah. Indents. That's cool. And Benjen, just a little bit more about Benjen. During the rebellion, during Robert's rebellion, rather like Stannis Baratheon, um, Benjamin was holding down the ancestral home while the eldest brother was off fighting the war. Right, there always has to be a Stark in Winterfell. Right, he was that Stark. Yeah, so he was in Winterfell. He basically joined the Night's Watch as soon as Ned got back. I guess he was staying to put to see if he'd be needed as the Lord of Winterfell should Ned have been killed. Ned's return was the end of his. Hopes, aspirations, uh, maybe he didn't care. Maybe he was just waiting to go and join the Night's Watch. I actually read an interesting thing about that. Do tell. He was at the at a tournament at Harrenhal. The famous tournament at Harrenhal. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And a brother of the Night's Watch got up and gave an impassioned speech about the Night's Watch, and it affected him. Interesting. And so, no, he never said that's why he went, but... Right. That did happen, so he may have been thinking, you know what, I can do that. That sounds all right. The one thing, just, I mean, has the tournament at Harrenhal been mentioned yet? We've made... We've talked about it, I think. I'm not sure it's actually been mentioned in the book, though. No, I don't think it has. Yeah, so it's just a historical event that happened. 
Just thinking about that, I'm trying to imagine what that brother of the Night's Watch said. How do you make an impassioned plea for <laughs> good and noble men to come and stand on a 700-foot wall looking north in the teeth of the most awful cold imaginable? <laughs> he glossed over all those facts. Oh, <laughs> That's <laughs> what the impassioned speech was. He talked about three square meals a day. <laughs> well, yes, I can see that apl- appealing to a penniless, you know, right. you know, dung swallower. But <laughs> we're talking about the third son of a lord right. here. Yes, third son of a former king. Right, and and so he's getting three square meals a day. Yes, in the comfort comfort of his hot spring warmed castle. Yes, that's a very good point. It would I have to be he, a hell of a speech. Yeah, is all I'm yeah, saying. he spent a lot of time working on that speech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like I mentioned earlier, let's talk a little bit about Aegon the Conqueror. He was the first lord of the Seven Kingdoms and the founder of the Targaryen dynasty on Westeros. He had two sister wives, as I had already mentioned, his older sister Visenya and his younger sister Rhaenys. Like we mentioned in episode 8, which was Arya 1, Aegon and his dragon Balerion burned the Volantis fleet, ending the war in Essos, basically. The war that began uh, because of the, the doom of, of Valerian. Val- uh, yes, sorry. Yeah. Uh, he then began his conquest of Westeros, uh, Tyrion mentioned the Field of Fire, which we talked a bit about earlier. After Lauren of the Rock bent the knee, King Torrin Stark followed suit, uniting six of the seven kingdoms. Only Dorne remained independent. Aegon chose the date of the beginning of his reign from the day the High Septon anointed him in Old Town, which was a tweet that we sent out not that long ago. So if you are following us on Twitter, you may already know that fact. Uh, Despite him starting his reign from that day he was not really considered a pious man he mostly followed the faith of the seven for political reasons it said he also left uh, most of the governing of the realm to his sisters so in that way he's a lot like robert <laughs> yes <laughs> and his only friend was oris baratheon so uh baratheons and targaryens were uh long-time friends you see uh, that's interesting that that's interesting that the field of fire thing it had its effect. I mean, it had its effect not only because Lauren bent the knee, but also because the Starks bent the knee. Right, yeah. They they were heading <coughs> south. He was heading south with an army, and then after the Field of Fire, Torrin Stark was, uh, was um, like, yeah, no. Brought you some wood carvings <laughs> of what we saw. <laughs> okay. Changed my mind. Yeah. And Aegon's uh, son, Aenys, his son to his younger sister, Rhaenys, succeeded him on the throne. So now let's uh, turn our attention to the dragons. I'm really only going to talk about one dragon because uh, it would take too long to talk about all of them. And what other dragon is there to talk about than Aegon's dragon, Balerion? Balerion was known as the Black Dread. Is there a cooler nickname in the world than the Black Dread? Probably not. He had black scales and black fire. The black fire had occasional swirls of red in it, but Maybe, maybe just smoke. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, eyewitnesses were probably few and far between. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, he was one of the five dragons Aenar Targaryen brought to Dragonstone from Valeria when they fled before the Doom. He outlived the other four and became the oldest and largest dragon in the known world, the last born in Valeria. And he was huge. I mean huge. His wingspan was so large that his shadow could engulf an entire town when he passed overhead. Doesn't say how large of a town. No, I'm guessing it's not <laughs> the King's a million people. But. 
Uh, three additional Targaryens claimed him after Aegon's death, including Aegon's second-born son, Maegar the Cruel, which was not a name he was given at birth. That was a name. He was third to, to assume the throne. I see. And that's when he got the name. Okay. Maegar the Cruel. And Balerion lived to be about 200 years old. So I'm hearing all this. I'm wondering if, if dragons continue to grow. They if, do. They never, As long as they've given proper food and freedom, they never stop growing. I see. So um, one last bit, um, Grumpkins and Snarks, got to mention again. So Grumpkins are mythological creatures variously believed to grant wishes and uh, replace children, steal children and replace them with other Grumpkins, I assume. Oh, yeah. interesting. That's slightly scary. And snarks are also mythological. No great story behind them. Possibly something like our gnomes or dwarves. Okay, cool. So, comparison with the TV show. So, in the book, Tyrion had a couple of men with him, but in the show, he was on his own in this party. It was just the, it was just Benjen, John, Tyrion, the two rapists, and then one other member of the Night's Watch who. Might have been Yorin, but actually I think Yorin comes back into the TV show, and it was not Yorin. It was just just a rank-and-file Night's Watch guy. Tyrion's monologue about what's expected of him was split in the show with Jon. Tyrion admits in the book that Jaime killed Aerys, but Jon interjects that as if it's an insult in the show. Yeah. So I don't know if they were just trying to, you know, give the actors a few lines each. Yeah, right, right. But it actually changed the tone of it because it was kind of like, I'm still, you know, I I still don't agree with you and I'm going to throw barbs at you when I can. Whereas in the book, he just listens to what Tyrion has to say. So there's none of the dragon talk. We don't know what Tyrion was reading in the show. Pedantry, I couldn't really find anything, but given my research on grumpkins and snarks, I would have thought, so at one point when, when Ghost stares down Tyrion, uh, John breaks the. We said that they sort of like made up a little bit by the end of the chapter. It was because Tyrion asked, "Why is he attacking me?" Right. And John said, "Probably thinks you're a Grumpkin." Right. Yeah. Well, now I've read up about Grumpkins and Snarks. Yes. He would have thought he was a Snark. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that makes more sense. Yeah, absolutely. He should have thought that one through a little better. Absolutely. You're gonna make. Mythological creatures, right. and one of the characters in the book looks a bit like one of them. Choose that one. Yeah, why would why would Ghost think that Tyrion steal children and replace? Them? Right, exactly. <laughs> That's quite the leap. Yeah. Ghost, <laughs> what is going on in Ghost's mind? I know. Seriously, we'll never know because he never makes any sounds. Yeah. So. so, in conclusion, dragons were really real. That's kind of the exciting thing for me about this. The the eggs that Danny got for a wedding gift might not just be Fabergé. They um, they, whether they're real or fake, they're ossified and lifeless, but but dragons really did exist. Right, yeah. And also John is realizing, might have made a mistake by mm. uh, making this. Although he he didn't really have a choice when it came down to it. No. He wanted to go. He wanted to go. But he was, he was told, told to he was going. Mm. So even if he didn't want to go, he didn't have a whole lot of uh, say in it, it, it appears. But it seems like he's thinking, oh boy. Yeah. What I get myself into now, but he but he hasn't taken the vows, and this is actually an interesting thing. Just a, just a throw a throwaway comment here. I mean, he hasn't taken the vows. He could change his mind at this point. I mean, Tyrion's not going to stay at the wall, right? They're go, he's going to turn back. Go with him. That's true. Find yeah. something else to do. I wondered about that with the two rapists. I wonder if they are forced to take the oath in at the fingers before they set off. Oh, I don't 
think so. I I'm pretty sure you they take the oath when they get there once they've once they've gotten up there and situated and all that. Okay. I imagine if they did change their mind, they would just go back. I was gonna say they just go back to prison or castration <laughs> but you, maybe when they get there they're forced to take the oath maybe they don't have a choice once they get there yeah. <laughs> just just the thought that benjamin's got a really sharp knife <laughs> should they change their mind he's sitting around the uh... oh it's getting colder we're still 10 days south of the wall you say <laughs> the knife is looking less and less frightening uh, so ghost is uh pretty badass he is i like he's ghost definitely badass mm. And Tyrion is a reader. Yeah. We, uh, he keeps that mind of his sharp. He does. With his books. The whetstone books. Yes. And the Night's Watch really are pretty much the dregs. Yeah. Plus the occasional not dreg. It seems like non-dreg is the minority. Yeah. We haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe all is going to work out great. And, and, and then the non-dregs, I wonder if every one of them is just like... I was tricked into this. Yeah. You know, every one of them <laughs> resents the fact that they're there. Yeah, it could be. Well, anything else? That's all I got. All right, that's all I got. As always, you can reach us at ghosts.heronhall at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at ghostheronhall and go out and check us out on Facebook. All that jazz. We'd appreciate it. Yeah, would be great. All right, thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.